Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. What are the two things you think are most valuable for kids to learn? Like, if, if you just had to pick two course topics that every kid in America had to master before the age of 17 or 18, what would those things be? I know for me, one of them would be money. Like how to make it, how to save it, how to, how to keep your checkbook balanced, how to, how to make your money, make money for you, how, how to manage your money, how to do things so that your money doesn't control you, right? So that it gives you options. And I guess number two would be relationships. These are two things we really don't teach, at least not very well, in our public school systems. We leave it up to our parents. We leave it up to mom and dad to teach the kids these things. But oftentimes, mom and dad really don't have a great grasp on money and how to manage it and how to make more. And so today's expert has made it her mission to teach parents how important it is to teach these things to our kids. Even if you yourself have struggled with money, it's never too late to become an example and to give your children, your kids, these incredible lessons. My guest, Rachel Cruz, is the daughter of Dave Ramsey. I love Dave Ramsey. You might be familiar with Financial Peace University or his radio show. Dave Ramsey and his daughter, Rachel, together co-authored Smart Money, Smart Kids. It became a number one New York Times best-selling book. Rachel is devoted to this topic. She grew up hearing so many people say to her dad, man, I wish I'd learned this stuff when I was a kid. And so Rachel tours the country and appears on television talking about this topic. Lifers, it is my pleasure to introduce to you, Rachel Cruz. Rachel, are you there? It's Shaleen. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I posted a little ditty on my, is that a word, ditty? I posted a, a post on my Facebook wall asking people what types of questions they would like to ask you. And whoo, they are, I should, I need to close down my internet browser right now because there's so many questions, it's going to be distracting. But they're excited to hear from you. So great. Well, this is such a fun topic and I think really a needed topic for a lot of parents out there around this idea of teaching your kids about money. So I'm excited. Well, let me ask you your opinion. Why do you think so many people struggle with what's right or wrong when it comes to teaching their kids about money? Well, I find that parents just struggle in general with this topic. And I think that there's a couple of reasons. I think one, a lot of parents find a lot of shame and guilt in this topic because Statistics show that most Americans have not been, that uh, they have not done well, financially speaking, and handling mm -hmm. their money well. You know, they're in debt, they're stressed out, they're freaked out. And so a lot of parents think, you know, well, you know, how can I teach my kids about money if I've messed up so badly? Like if I, I've managed money so poorly, how, how do I have the right to speak to my kids about this topic? And so with that, I give parents permission and I, you know, I tell them all the time, like you guys, just because you've messed up with money does not mean you lose your parenting card. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's your obligation. It's your responsibility to teach your kids about money. And, and my story is very unique because my parents actually filed bankruptcy the year I was born. And so if you look at your parents' past history, and if that has to be your future, then, then I would be doomed. You know, right. if, if it's up yeah. to my parents' past and their mistakes, then my future would be doomed. But they took a different approach and said, okay, we've made stupid mistakes with money. We're going to show our kids how you can do it wisely and how you can be 
great at managing money, even from a young age. And so they were really intentional with that. And so I think parents all over the place, you know, whether you're you're struggling with money or you have a million dollars in your 401k, no matter where you are, you have the opportunity and the responsibility to teach your kids about money. How do you teach them about money if you have no clue? Well, a lot of personal finance, it's really common sense. So I think you have more head knowledge than you realize. I'm thinking of people right now who they, not only have they messed up, they're still messing up. They're still digging a hole. For me to think about those individuals teaching their children those things, I think you've got to start by teaching yourself the same way if you're going to teach your kids about proper nutrition. You got to learn it and live it. I 100% agree. So what I would say is really the foundations of teaching your kids about money doesn't have to be the adult-like things that you interact with every day with money. I mean, teaching your kids about money is things like teaching them to work and that money comes from work. Money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pocket. Teaching them to spend wisely and to save and to give. I mean, just some basic principles, but you're exactly right. Your example is huge. So I tell parents all the time, more is caught than taught. Mm. Your kids are watching your example. So you're right. I mean, if you're telling them to save up and pay cash for a toy and then you go charge everything on a credit card and you go deeper in debt, yeah, you're a hypocrite. You know, you can't be doing that. You have to focus on yourself. But I tell parents that, you know, give yourself permission to look at your money situation and say, hey, I may not have been wise with money, but I still have the right and I have the obligation to still teach my kids about money, even though I've messed up. Yes, I want parents all across America to find peace in this subject in their life because a lot of them have the opposite of that. Uh, But again, just because you've messed up doesn't mean that you lose the right to teach your kids. Rachel, let me ask you this. I know many parents struggle with the concept of work and whether or not it should be considered their job per se if they're a student or a student athlete. You know, my husband and I were raised in, in homes with parents who have very differing views on work and money. And he was a, uh, a student athlete for sure, first and foremost, and an amazing student athlete. And that was his primary focus and consumed the majority of his time. Where I grew up in a home where my father was an entrepreneur and I worked and I worked oftentimes right. two jobs. So what's the right answer there? Yeah, well, I think it could be both. Uh, I love the quote Andy Andrews says, he says, you're not just trying to raise good kids. You're trying to raise kids who become great adults. Mm. And part of being a great adult is having a work ethic and, and understanding, you know, that, that money comes from work and learning the consequences and the blessings of working hard and earning money. And when your kids earn their own money, they treat it differently. So I, I put I put my, you know, my, my weight in both camps because I think with sports, yeah, it takes up a lot of time. Some people are very dedicated to it. Can you learn a lot of great life lessons through that? Absolutely. But if, you, if that's the only skill you have going into the marketplace, you're going to find it more difficult. But if you were a teenager and you had a part-time job in the summer, maybe you worked you know, on, on Saturdays for a few hours, you worked for an employer, you, you understood you know, what it meant to show up on time, to work diligently, to take a paycheck, understand taxes. There's just so many great life lessons that are missed if you're not out working in some form or fashion. But again, I think that there can be a balance. Some people, you know, their teenagers' lives may be a little bit more heavy towards sports, but don't neglect the work aspect of your kids' lives. I agree. My experience has been that many student athletes who then go on to play college sports, once that's over, uh, not only do they not have any work experience, they, they just don't know if they are valuable. 
Like mm. how to be self-sufficient yeah. if they matter. Uh, what is my place in the world? What is my identity? So for reasons other than money, I also think it's important. And if I can on this topic, personal belief, not telling you what to do with your own kids. But in, <laughs> in my opinion, I want to teach my kids how to run a business that doesn't run their life. I would love for them to have like, you know, grunt work jobs just to know what it's like to deal with a boss who is a lunatic and, you know, yeah. weird coworkers. All that stuff is like so good. It's so character building and, you know, work, work a shift you don't want to work. Like, that's awesome. That's right. And the earlier you can learn that, and, and I think for kids and teenagers to learn that under their parents' supervision and under the safety net of their parents is a blessing. You know, when you're when you're realizing that for the first time and you're 24, you're out on your own, it's scary, it's intimidating. But if you've had those experiences with a little bit of that safety net of going home to mom and dad, you know, having having your primary needs cared for, you know, those kinds of things, the earlier they can grasp that, there's there's definitely a safety there, which is very good and very healthy. Well, I would love for parents to explore that concept of, of starting something online that doesn't take a lot of time or money. Think of all the clothes that your kids go through, especially if they're into fashion. I mean, they go through clothes each and every season. And what about instead of donating them, they open up their own eBay account or Poshmark account and they, they resold their clothes and could, could see that that money could either be then gifted or saved towards their car. I mean, there's just lots of ways, even with my son who's uh, and my daughter, they're both high school athletes, but it's really important that for me as a parent because I do want to raise you know, strong adults who can take care of themselves, that they are learning to do this themselves online so that it isn't my back pocket or Brett's back pocket. Right. And, and I think that brings up my next question for you. And that is about giving. How do we teach our kids to give other than to have them see us do it? Sure. Well, I think letting them experience giving in their own lives is important. So I tell parents, you know, when your kids are working, whether it's chores around the house, maybe they're old enough to have a part-time job, they're earning money in some form or fashion. They need to be doing three things. They need to give first, save second, spend third. Some parents say, you know, well, I want them to save everything, or I want them to give it all away, or I want them to spend it every I want them to spend it all. You know, I want you to do all three things because all three of those muscles, in a sense, need to be built. But the muscle of giving is so, so crucial today. And so for your kids, when they earn money and they give that money, they feel the pain of that money leaving them in a good way, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they've sacrificed their time and, the, and their hard work to earn this money. And when they give it, they're becoming selfless instead of selfish. So they're going from a range of it's me-centered to other-centered. And that is such an important quality for kids to have because kids who are giving, and, and that's part of, you know, and it may, it may start in a tactical way, you know, where you're making them give. But when they do that and they give some of their money week after week, month after month, year after year, their hearts change. I mean, you can't be giving without seeing a repercussion of some incredible attributes that you start uh, feeling, you know, things like gratitude and, you, and you're grateful for things, you're content. I mean, there's so many great key character qualities that come in this form of giving. And I think out of any generation, this generation, this is so important because you're raising your kids in a selfie world, right? I mean, it's like all about them all <laughs> right. the time. And so teaching them to be other-centered and other-focused 
others focused is, is so, so important. So let them give their own money instead of you just handing them money to give. Let them feel the, the sacrifice of that money leaving their hands for the good of others. Do you have a percentage of formula or some type of structure that our lifers can follow and start to implement? Like when you say giving should come first, what is there a percentage? Yeah, for adults, I do say around 10%. I think that that's a good thing for adults. But for kids, I think it's less about the math and more about the action. So if you want them to give a dollar out of $5 they've earned, you know, that's technically not 10%. You know, it's more like 20, uh, but that's okay. You know, just letting it kind of be more, it's less, again, about the, the dollar amount and more about the action. Do you have experiences you remember as a child having to give your own money? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was something mom and dad drilled into us uh, from a very early age. And, and kind of going back to, to what we talked about earlier, I remember watching my parents give. Mm. And that's a lot of my early memories of money in general was watching them give money. And for us, it was in a church setting and watching mom and dad put a check in this red velvet offering bag that would be passed down our pew at church and just watching them with that action every Sunday and it, they were so consistent with it and it wasn't like lights were flashing and they were yelling at us hey kids we're giving it was part of who they were and that reflected so highly and I probably couldn't have communicated that at five years old I can say with confidence I know my kids have seen us by example give and, and I know that they have giving hearts but I also have to say I know I've got room for improvement and I don't feel that we've done that consistently is shown them how to give. So can you share with us an example of how your parents did this on a regular basis and what was expected or what was communicated? Sure, yeah. Well, it was communicated that every week you give a dollar to the church mm -hmm. for us kids. So we even had an envelope marked to give. Mm -hmm. So when we got paid for our chores, a dollar every week went into that give envelope. So we take that envelope to church and give that dollar away. So that was, you know, the, the tactical side of it. Uh, but there were other things, you know, that mom and dad did. Uh, again, a lot, you know, around the holidays and that kind of thing, you know, the angel tree, things like that, that I have such memories of going and, and shopping for other kids. And sometimes it was their money that they were using to, you know, to buy some of that stuff. Uh, but we were participating in the actual giving of those things. So that okay. that's memories at all. And, and, you know, mom and dad, they were not perfect. And we weren't perfect kids. Did we do it every Sunday? Probably not, right? I mean, like, you know, it, it's life. And so there's going to be an ebb and a flow. But it's funny that some of my greatest memories, looking back, were giving memories. But, you know, it could have just been, you know, 10, 10 stories that happened throughout my childhood related to giving. But when I think back on it, I, I, I think that it happened every week. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, totally. And if you miss a few, give yourself some grace in this. And when it comes to saving, at what age do you recommend parents institute that policy? I would say you can do this as young as four years old, mm -hmm. which is, sounds very young. But what you can do, you know, even with a four-year-old is, is have a little clear plastic jar that you keep on their dresser in their room and and as they go and they learn to do a few chores and you pay them a little bit when they do those chores you put that money in that clear plastic jar and let them visually watch it grow and, and you may just do this you know maybe for two weeks at a time three weeks at a time it doesn't it can't be too long because you have a four-year-old you know so there needs to be a little bit of an action afterwards mm -hmm. but but they watch this money grow in that jar and then they can take that money two weeks after and go to Target or Walmart or Toys R Us and buy 
something small with this money that they've saved over a week or two. And so just starting little things like that, I mean, it's amazing that your kids can catch on to this and they start learning, you know, great qualities like patience and delayed gratification. You know, those kinds of things are implementing in their lives, again, as young as four. Now, what if someone's listening to this and they themselves have found a way to get debt-free, they're turning things around, and they've got teenagers or older kids? Two questions. Number one, is it ever too late to start? And number two, how do you create that visual motivation when you've got a 16-year-old or the money's actually going into the bank? Well, number one, no, it's not too late to teach your kids about money. You can always do this. Now, the older they are, your, your approach is going to be different. If you have grown children who have families of their own, obviously, you're not going to, you know, stomp in and be mom, be like, you need to do this, this and this, because, you know, at this point, you know, yes, you're still their parent, but now they have their own family. And so, so with, with older grown adult kids, you know, I say, be, be a friend, be a, a financial advisor, if you will, and sit down and just say, hey, I so wish I talked to you earlier in life about this. But here's a few things that I've picked up recently that I so wish I was able to teach you when, when you were living under our roof still, mm. but just some things I wanted to pass on. So, you, you know, you can do that uh, with your older, older kids, adult kids. But, you know, when you have college students or teenagers and they're still dependent upon you, financially speaking, then you have a lot of, of room to, to pursue this and to, uh, I hate to say the word force, but you know, that where you make them save. Again, this is something that they have got to learn to do because if they don't learn to save money, they're going to move back home and live with you. You know, when they're adults, you want them to be out on their own. You want them to learn to save. So your approach will be different depending on where your kids are and what stage of life they are. But no, it's never too late. And then for the visual aspect for teenagers, it's going to be different. I think for little kids, it's important for them to see that visual because they're, they're so young. But teenagers, teenagers can grasp the concept that money's in the bank. And when they go check online, uh, you know, log in and see their bank account, they see that number, they get that same effect. But I think that the visual of the actual cash is important for the younger kids. That's awesome. I remember it made me think back on a time when um, a lot of the schools do these Christmas or now they call them holidays, so they're politically correct, holiday uh, boutiques where the kids come in with their own money and they buy their family members or relatives and friends gifts with their own money. And they're, you know, really low cost gifts. It's a cute idea. And I remember each year we would have our kids do that. <laughs> and the one year my daughter spent her own money and just very begrudgingly, I might add. And on <laughs> Christmas morning, she gave each one of us a gift. And then after we opened our gift, she handed each one of us a little teeny tiny, tiny piece of paper she had folded up several times with the amount that we owed her. Oh, <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Like, yeah, now you have to give it back to me. It's so awesome. Uh, but she's like, but I bought it with my own money. You know? Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. Now, um, I know that you are soon to be a mom, which is really exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. A few can more I, weeks. Can I put you on the spot? Yes. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. I assume you've already talked to your husband about some of your ideals about money and finances and children. Will you be buying your daughter a car when she turns 16? I probably will not. Mm -hmm. I'll do what my parents did with me, which I think was great. Uh, they made us actually pay for half of our cars. So whatever money we saved, they would match it. And dad would call that his 401 Dave plan. <laughs> Yes. And so for us, it was great because it gave us the motivation to work and to save because, you know, if you had 
to your name, then you got a $400 car, which obviously is a bike. You know, you can't get a $400 car. Uh, so so it, it still was motivation to save, but on the back end, they were able to bless us. So I think if financially we're able to do that, I would love to do that for our kids. Um, but I think, you know, parents that either outright make their kids pay for their car, I think kudos to you. Uh, parents that pay for their kids' first car, I think that there needs to be some kind of responsibility that their mm. kids feel when it comes to that, uh, whether it's the insurance and the gas. But I think that there were so many great life lessons for me learning this idea of, of working and saving up half of a car, half for my car. So I'll probably end up doing that. I think. How did you raise the money to do that? Uh, I worked a lot. I had an older sister who was 16. And when she turned 16, I realized that mom and dad were serious and they really made <laughs> pay half of her car. So, so I was about, I think, 13 and a half at that point. And I had been saving. Mom and dad always kept like Christmas money, birthday money, those kinds of things in a, in a savings account for us. So I had a little bit of money to start with. Uh, because of because of that, but uh, you know, like you, Dad made us open up actually our own business. So Denise and I had a snack business at his office uh, called Your Integrity Snacks because there was no vending machines or anything. <laughs> it was up to them to pay for it. So I had that. Uh, we had uh, I babysat a lot. I had a little babysitting business with little cards, and I would hand them out in the neighborhood. I had babysitting jobs all the time. Uh, in the summers, you know, would find part-time things to do. I would travel with dad at some points and, and um, sell books at the back book table at his live events. And he gave me a cut of whatever I sold. So, I mean, I did anything I could because I, I really was motivated at that point to, okay, this is going to depend upon, you know, how much money I save is how nice of a car I have. And I'll tell you, you know, kids, you know, if you're a parent out there, you know that your kids are either a natural saver or a natural spender. Mm -hmm. And I was a natural spender. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, when I, uh, when I saw my sister have to write that check for her car as a spender, I suddenly turned into a major saver. You know, I, yeah. I would be at the mall to, to pay for a shirt and it would be, you know, $20. But I would think, okay, well, then that's $40 not going to my car. I mean, it made me rethink right. everything. So there were so many great life lessons around that. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I have to thank my parents every day that they, you know, one thing that they did when we were growing up, and I didn't know that we were financially in a bad way. I mean, all you know is what you know. But I do know that when, whatever we wanted, my mom and dad never said we don't have the money for that or we can't afford that. I never, ever heard those words. My dad would say, I think that sounds cool. Let's sit down and come up with a plan on how you can earn enough money to buy that. You know, it was it was never like even his assumption that I meant I want you to buy it for me. And I don't remember the first time I even heard that phrase. I heard it all my life. And then once I'd raised the money, then we would sit down and he'd say, um, OK, now you've just saved $50. Do you really want to buy pop wheels? <laughs> yes. You know, right. and yes. I have to make that decision. And I think that parents too often say we they come from a place of um uh, of debt, you know, and rather than thinking in terms of abundance, they say, we can't afford that. We're broke. Or where do, do you think money grows on trees as opposed to creating the right attitude with kids and saying, that sounds like a great idea. Let's figure out a plan so that kids learn how to be resourceful. And I have such incredible confidence because I never felt burdened that my parents weren't buying me a car. To this day, I brag about it. Because mm -hmm. that wasn't, that didn't feel like a hardship. That felt like the ultimate gift. They said to me, you can do it. 
I love that because what that does is that instills confidence in you. So now, you know, when you leave home and you're out on your own, you have that. Like that's what you fall back on. And I love that idea of kind of instead of the scarcity mindset, it's the abundance mindset that, yeah, you can do it. It's going to take some time. It's going to take patience. Uh, but this goal is possible if you do X, Y, and Z. And I think that that's great to, to teach your kids that and to let them live that out and feel that for themselves. The really cool thing that, you know, we didn't have when I was growing up, and Rachel, you're younger, but we didn't have the internet. Now you can teach your kids in just a matter of hours how to start their own website for like five bucks and start to learn how to take care of themselves. And that's a pretty cool thing. But one of the most common questions that's been, you know, I think plaguing parents for decades hasn't changed despite the internet is what about allowance? Yes. Well, I take the philosophy of the, my firsthand experience of what my parents did with us kids. We were never given an allowance. We were always on commission. Hmm. So you work, you get paid. If you don't work, then you don't get paid. And I oh, think that's okay, okay. So it's uh, it's work based allowance, in other words. Yes. Okay. And mom and dad, they didn't even use the word allowance. They wouldn't allow. They wouldn't allow us to say the word allowance. <laughs> Because allowance almost sounds like, you know, you're deficits. You're not able to do for yourself, so we have to help you. But this idea of commission, that you earn what you make, even the, even the change of the vocabulary, uh, I think can empower your kids. That, that if, you, if you want to work, then you can get paid. That's where money comes from. And there were some chores we did just because we were part of the family. And a lot of parents, that's their, their argument to me. You know, they're like, well, I feel like my, par- my kids should help me clean the kitchen because mm-hmm. they're part of the family. And right. they should. You're exactly right. I think mm-hmm. there needs to be a set of chores that, that they do because they're part of the family and that they understand that they don't get paid for every single little thing that they're going to do in life. Uh, sometimes you just have to be a good, quote unquote, citizen as an adult and you just do some things uh, because of that. But there's so many great teachable moments when your kids have to be accountable to chores in the sense that they get paid for them as well. Uh, and again, going back to talking about, you know, when they earn their own money, they give it differently. They save it differently. They spend it differently because they've had to sacrifice their time and their willingness, maybe their Saturday, whatever it is, to earn this money. And so there's just so many great teachable moments when your kids earn their money. So what you could even do is get out a sheet of paper, make a list of of five chores that your kids could do around the house. And it doesn't matter that what you pay them. It could be 50 cents a chore. It could be $2 a chore. That doesn't matter. But what matters is that, that they're accountable. And then once a week, pay them on what they've done. And mom and dad did this with us. We had a chore chart on the refrigerator. And every time we did a chore, we checked it off. And on Sunday nights were our quote unquote payday nights. And so we'd all sit down with our chore chart. And whatever, whatever chore we did, we would get a dollar for that chore. And if we didn't do that chore, then we didn't get paid for it. Awesome. Uh, and so that's a, a great thing parents can do. So yeah, I, I don't like the, yeah, I don't care for allowance or even the word allowance. I like commission. That's great. Something we do on Sunday mornings or sometimes Saturday mornings, depending on sports, Brett and I will wake up early. We take out two different colored post-it notes, little you know square pads, and we'll write down everything that we can think of that can be done around the house. And then we lay them out and stick them all over our kitchen counter. And then we tell the kids to come down at the same, <laughs> the same moment, and they have what we call a chores draft. And so uh-huh. then... They each get to grab a post-it note, and then the next one will go and grab a post-it note, and then the next one. So, <laughs> so they're like the really yucky chores are left for the end. But once those are all completed, that's how they earn their their allowance. And then on top of that, I'll take a, a yellow legal pad, 
And on the weekends, especially if I know they're saving for something or my daughter right now is really motivated to buy her own car. Uh, my son, she watched her brother do that and knew that we were following through when he, yeah. um, you know, all the kids are driving a Mercedes Benz to school and my son's driving a 1989 Ford pickup, but he bought it himself. There you go. And she, oh. so now she knows we're following through. But so we'll, I'll make a list. And this is especially true for those of you who do happen to have an online business or trying to start one. I will make a list on a yellow legal pad of all the things they can do for me in social media or in terms of technology because like seven-year-olds are better on an iPhone than, right. you I know, know. <laughs> right? It's kind of crazy. So scary. It's scary so, what we live in, but it's so true. And so much of what I need to do is collecting content and um, searching for photos and they can create, um, it's crazy what like really young kids can do on the internet in terms of, you know, b- very basic things that are difficult for us. And so I will make a list and they have to do any of them, but I'll put a little price next to each item if they want to earn extra money. I love that. Isn't that great? Well, I mean, that's just you, you know, again, you don't have to be this crazy business savvy mom to do that. I mean, you're just being intentional. You're looking at your situation where you are and say, hey, you can chip in and help me in this. And I think so many parents can do that, but it just takes the time to be intentional to sit down and do it. But I love that. That's so great. Address for me, if you will, how does a parent who feels like, gosh, if if we don't put ourselves further in debt to do this, whatever this is for our child, we've let them down. So an example that comes to mind is a family I know whose son is um, able to walk on a, a college university and play football. And they're already in debt and they have three other kids. And I know what college tuition out of state is going to cost. And I haven't had a personal conversation with them, but I imagine they're really struggling with this decision. What advice would you give them? Well, in my perspective, I say that debt is never okay. There is never an okay time to go into debt. I'll say except for a mortgage, a house. Uh, But besides that, I would never recommend someone going into debt. And so I think, okay, for this family, what is a blessing to your child in the future? You know, when he is 35 years old and more than likely, statistically speaking, working a job, and he's paying his bills, he's, he has a family, what's going to benefit him? And I think having a student loan that he still has around because he chose an out-of-state school, even though there was a great opportunity there, is not a great opportunity. What's going to bless him in the future? And I believe that is choosing a school that you can afford and going to college for the main reason to go to college, and that is to get an education, get a degree, to further yourself in the marketplace. That's that's the main point of college. Now, if there's a way that they can do both, obviously that's that's the ideal situation. Uh, if there's a way he can, you know, red shirt, possibly get some type of scholarship to help with something. Look at uh, you with the red shirt. You know your yes, stepsister. I, I know my I know my football. I'm a southern, <laughs> southern girl. That's right. Uh, find some way to do that, but. I, I just talked to so many students, whether athletes or not, and they look back and they're 26 years old and they're like, oh my gosh, why did I put myself so far into student loan debt when I'm using, you know, what, because of an, a quote unquote experience, even though it's a great experience and there's so many great things, the burden of debt is just not worth it in my opinion. Well, let's talk about that guilt then that parents have when financially they're not able to do certain things, but they feel like their kids are going to be are going to feel isolated or that all the other kids are getting this or dressing a certain way or driving a certain car. 
And there's this feeling of guilt that I think a lot of parents struggle with. Like, if I don't give this to my kid, you know, they're going to feel bad. Like, how, what advice do you have for parents who are struggling with that misplaced guilt? Sure. Well, I would say that, number one, they're going to learn a great life lesson, that stuff does not contain happiness. Mm-hmm. That having nice stuff is okay and it's great. It can be a blessing when you have the ability to pay for it. But when you don't and you go into debt for stuff, then that turns into a burden and a curse. And so you start to learn contentment that you can live life without all this stuff. And yeah, that's hard. That's not fun. Every parent wants their kids to have a better life than they did. I get it. But but giving them a better life in the sense of, of them understanding the math of life, that if there's not enough money there right now, you can't buy that thing. And that's kind of common sense, but it's a principle that kids need to learn at all ages. But like your, like your parents did, though, taking the abundance approach that, hey, if you want this thing, let's figure out a plan to buy it. And number two for parents, I would say two coming from a kid who grew up in a house that was bankrupt, you know, my, my first year of life and then them coming out of bankruptcy, uh, we didn't have a lot. But your kids are resilient. I think a lot of parents think that their kids are going to be damaged and they're going to be in therapy when they're 32 <laughs> because they didn't get the latest gift. Your kids are more resilient than you think they are. And I think just being honest with them and showing them real life, that is a gift versus the new iPhone that you feel like you have to buy them. Yeah. Uh, so giving them life skills and, and letting them grasp this concept. Uh, gosh, I mean, what, what, what a better way to set up your child for life than the new Louis Vuitton purse, even though I love Louis. Right. So you know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah. but when it comes down to it, you know, make wise decisions as parents and, and be okay with that. Don't feel <laughs> shame or guilt. I have no guilt that I love Louis too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I'm buying my own and you can buy your part, your purse at Target. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, um, you know, having said that, I think there's going to be some people today who hear this message from you, Rachel, and they're, it's going to be an eye-opening moment. They're going to realize that what they really want to give their kids is confidence and belief in themselves. And, and that when we cripple our children by making them believe that we are going to provide for them and that they can't do it themselves, we're creating a great disservice. We're putting them in a position where they could end up in a relationship that's unhealthy because they think this, they can't provide for themselves. I mean, that they're supposed to live with debt and stress. So I think it's the greatest gift we can give them is to realize they can do this themselves. There will be people today who decide to do things differently. How do you suggest they approach this? Is this a, hey, everybody, let's sit down tonight. There are new rules. Or is this a gradual thing? You know, I think it can kind of be a little bit of both. I think uh, just realizing, number one, that when it comes to teaching your kids all of these life principles, it kind of sounds intimidating, but let it just be in the ebb and the flow of life, especially when it comes to teaching them about money specifically and teaching them to save and spend and give, even as teenagers explaining what investing is, you know, those kinds of things. You don't have to have a weekend long money summit to do this all. <laughs> the best way to teach them is through everyday life. So when you're at the grocery store, moms, you know, and you have your kids with you and there's buy one, get one free, show them that and show them, okay, you know, this is what mom going to, you know, this is a coupon mom has. Don't, don't let it overwhelm you or intimidate you. You're not going to be perfect. It's not going to work every single time. But just having these conversations, letting them go through the actions, that's what's important. You're, you're giving them the confidence to handle their own money. So when they go off on their own, they actually have a clue of what they're doing. Thank you so much. I encourage people to learn more about you. They can go to your website, which is rachelcruz.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. C-R-U-Z-E. 
I'd like to give you a compliment on your website that makes it so easy to navigate for people. So when you land on Rachel's homepage, she has everything. I'm so copying this, FYI. She has everything, <laughs> every video categorized by topic and color. And, you know, we like to organize our closets by color and our website. So I'm like, oh, cool. Everything in this color represents this topic. And it just makes it really easy to look for the find the things that are of interest to you. Good. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. This was so fun. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so two things I'm really excited to point out. Number one is that this episode is sponsored by the marketingimpactacademy.com. And that's a really cool way for you to learn how to start a business, a very successful business online, or to take one you've already created and and make it less effort. Figure out how to find your best customers and 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 make this something that you really love doing. The reason why I'm excited about that is because like a message like think about it. Rachel's got a career and speaking on stages and writing books based on on what? Teaching people how to do things the way her parents did. Like, think about that. Like, maybe you're even too close to the situation, but like, what did your parents do right that you learned from them that you wish other parents were doing or that you yourself are now doing with your kids and it's working? Like, that in and of itself is a message you should share. And so many times people will say to me, I really don't know what my business should be or could be. And I don't know, like, yeah, I've kind of got this inkling to start something, but I don't even know what it would be. Dude, if it's just something you know and other people don't and it kind of drives you crazy, that's it. Just start a blog, figure this stuff out. Okay, the second thing I want to mention, I know I've been going crazy about that, but I I just, there's so many cool opportunities for you. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to the last, like, I don't know, six or seven episodes. You'll hear other people who've created these really crazy, cool, amazing, fun, rewarding careers from sharing what they've learned. Awesome stuff. Okay, so the number two piece was, it doesn't really even matter if you have kids or you don't have kids. This stuff can be learned And the principles included in this message apply to all of us. So if you haven't already, please be sure to forward this episode. All you do is click the share button at the top of your, if you're watching this on your iPhone or listening to this on your iPhone, click the share button. You can send it as a um, a link in a text message, or you can share it via email, whatever works best for you. I'm not quite sure how it works on Android because I don't own one, but I'm assuming because Android owners are always like so, (laughs) really, that seems so cumbersome with an iPhone. With an Android, all I do is I think about who I want to send it to and then I blink. And my phone is so smart, it sends it to them. So I'm sure your phones have some super cool way of sending this episode. Anywho, I just want you to know that I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm releasing a lot more episodes, as you can probably tell. Keep up, people. Keep up the pace because there's good stuff here. This is making you smarter. This is making us better. I love you. I love you for spending time with me. And I got to go. That's all for the show today. You are the bomb.com.